Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It's going well. It's uh, It's been a busy week here uh, at the office. Uh, I'm back from vacation, so playing catch up, plus everything going on, plus trying to get things ready for the next couple of weeks. Got a couple of big projects at Lifeway going on, so uh, just just you know, getting back into that grind after being out on vacation for a week. So it's, uh, <laughs> you know how that is. And, and I know you probably as well. I mean, you were here in Nashville last week for a conference back and you're actually about to head to the Dominican Republic. Yes. Yes. Going down there for a, a brief visit, seeing some uh, partners that we have down there. Uh, but also I think we'll get a chance to see the ocean and uh, have a little bit of time um, just to enjoy as well. So it's it's going to be very nice. So Amy, before we get going this week, I do uh, want to, we want to talk about our sponsor, but before we get to our sponsor, want to congratulate uh, somebody who works at our sponsor, Colby Adams, good friend of both of ours. He and his wife mm-hmm. had their second child this week, big baby boy. So congratulations to Colby and his wife on uh, yep. the birth of their second child. So uh, excited for that. And uh, Colby, like we mentioned, works at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And this week's episode, as always, is sponsored by the Billy Graham School of Missions, Evangelism, and Ministry at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Whether you're preparing to plant or revitalize churches in North America or to take the gospel to places where Christ is not yet known, the Billy Graham School is committed to training the next generation of Great Commission leaders. Learn more about the Billy Graham School's MDiv, DMIN, or other degree programs today by visiting sbts.edu slash BGS. Again, that is sbts.edu slash BGS. And uh, Colby and his wife uh, picked a great name for their son. It's uh, His name is Micah. You have a Micah. Yes, that's why it's a great name. Yes. It's not as good as Jonathan, but, you know, it'll do. I was about to ask, is it Jonathan? But No, it's not. It's it's uh, it's Micah, which is a great name. I love that name. Uh, name one of my own kids. That so awesome choice Excellent. of names there. Big news out of Madison, Wisconsin. A federal judge has ruled the U.S. tax code's ministerial housing allowance unconstitutional again. Uh, same district judge, Barbara Crabb. She uh, previously did this about three or four years ago and uh, has ruled again on another case that it is uh, unconstitutional and has struck it down. It will likely be sent on to the uh, Court of Appeals in the 7th U.S. Circuit Court in Chicago. That's what happened with the last one. And right. so we'll just kind of keep an eye on that. But again, another ruling going against uh, those in, in the religious community uh, by a federal judge. We've seen this all too often. And uh, this one, uh, you know, second time, same judge, uh, ERLC and Guidestone uh, issued a joint statement this week and committed to working toward a, a positive resolution and the reinstatement of this allowance. Yeah, so this is one of those, we'll, we'll have to watch it. it. It'll probably go back and forth. It'll uh, go up, like you said, to the Seventh Circuit. Um, could make it all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court uh, if they will agree to hear it. It's hard to know what will happen there. Um, the Baptist Press story, David Roach, uh, put that together uh, mentions that, you know, a, a lot of people uh, look to the newest justice, uh, Justice Gorsuch. But the truth is, we don't know enough. Uh, he hasn't been on the bench long enough. We can't know for sure what his view would be. Um, and then the assumption may be that uh, Anthony Kennedy could be the swing vote, uh, as uh, I think is kind of his place in history as the swing vote on a lot of cases. But um, anyway, uh, I don't think Obviously, this is not the last we have heard of this. Yeah, and I don't know if it's going to reach the Supreme Court. It's it's likely to be overturned just like the last one. There's so many similarities. Right. I was talking to Dr. Reiner about this this week. 
Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying it won't, but it's very likely uh, that that it will be the case. But you know, we'll keep an eye on it and see what happens because uh, this could be a a big moment. Uh, and, and this is something I was actually talking with our friends over at the Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, those guys uh, do a lot of great work for churches in the legal area, and I was talking to Eric about that at for the church uh, on the way to lunch that day. We had lunch with Eric from the ADF and. Uh, talk to him about it, and he he expects this to eventually, probably one day, go away. He didn't expect it anytime soon, and this was obviously before this ruling came down. But it it is something that is in the uh, the crosshairs in the legal realm as it relates to ministers. So we'll keep an eye on it as well. Uh, but moving on, we got some trustee meetings going on. Amy, we talked about that last week. We got a couple of updates: one from Southern, one from Nam. Over at Southern, they have adopted the Nashville statement as an official part of the school's confessional documents. During their trustee meeting, it goes along with the Danvers Statement on Biblical Manhood and the Chicago Statement on Biblical Inerrancy, which were both previously adopted by the board. Uh, you remember Southern also uh, has the abstract principles and the Baptist faith and message uh, that their uh, faculty agree to sign and teach according to. So uh, just another um, document, this one, the National Statement dealing with uh, sexuality. Uh, a lot of discussion about that in the last month or so since its release. Also at the trustee meeting, they observed a record enrollment at Southern uh, for the 2017-18 academic year, 5,489 wow. people, 5,400 students between Southern and Boyce uh, combined. Just an amazing, amazing job up yeah. there at uh, at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boyce College. Yeah, and they also uh, had some of the standard things hearing reports from subcommittees uh, and, and responding to motion, things like that. Um, but then they also adopted an expansion of their doctrinal statement, making clear that the board is the final interpretive authority on the Bible's meaning and application. So uh, those were kind of the the main highlights. Um, of that. So it sounds like it was a good week for them. And also we have the NAM trustee meeting. That They met in Montreal. I need to get on that NAM board, Amy. <laughs> That's a fantastic meeting place. I'm like, this is awesome. You know, they get a real opportunity because they're you know their play their cities where they are sending people are in the U.S. It's an easy way to get um, trustees to seeing people on the ground. You know, it's not yeah. quite as so the the IMB can't exactly do that. Um, but this is a, a a really great opportunity for Nam, and looks like they went uh, went to one of those one of those send cities. Yeah, Montreal, the least reached city in North America. Uh, a wow. lot of people don't realize that Montreal, a very, very dark place uh, when it comes to uh, spiritual growth in North America. So uh, they met up there in, in the first week of October and they restructured some committees and uh, responded to some motions from the uh, SBC annual meeting this past year that they will report back in 2018 to that meeting and also uh, prove the sale of up to $50 million in the church loan portfolio to the Baptist Church Loan Corporation, just uh, moving those loans around. So, And finally, they also discussed the, the GCChallenge.com, which is uh, part of the uh, ongoing evangelism emphasis that uh, they have partnered with us uh, at LifeWay and the SBC Executive Committee. So uh, they're getting out the GC Challenge. We talked about that a little bit, the GC60 videos. So you can find out more at gcchallenge.com or evangelismrenewal.com. Uh, so 
a good story about what's going on in Montreal as well from NAM. So it's exciting to see what's going on across uh, North America, not just in the U.S., but in Canada as well. I know you're a big fan of Canada, Amy. So uh, it's oh, good to see what's love, going on up Canada. there with NAM. Yes. All right. So uh, now from Lifeway, this is something kind of interesting, uh, a new service that yep. you all have launched. It's an online coaching service uh, to help Christians with social media. Yep. So LifeWaySocial.com is uh, being kind of spearheaded by our friend Chris Martin. So Amy, I know you've worked with him a little bit in the past uh, from your remote location over there in North Carolina uh, when you're yes. still doing some work with us. But uh, Chris, a good friend of mine, I've, I've helped a lot with this as well. Lifeway Social. Um, actually quoted in the article, which is kind of different for me. Uh, it, it's exciting to see what we're offering now for people. And this is just not for uh, people that have blogs, but uh, churches, uh, ministries. If, if you're really interested in how to do social better and how to, to use the gifts that God has given you online, that's a great service. You can find out more at LifeWaySocial.com. Okay, Amy, uh, up at Midwestern, uh, I saw this last week tweeted about it. I was excited about this. They have added yeah. an all-new Spanish-language master's degrees. Yeah, this is uh, this is great. So two Spanish-language master's degrees for pastoral ministry and for um, postgraduate study. And here's the the key on this. You know, a lot of times our our seminaries will have a uh, a Spanish-language class, or maybe the core is uh, they've offered them in Spanish. But it's really an important thing um, to have the entire degree available. Um, in a particular language, because that means you can you can reach people that you know only speak that language, and so it's a big thing uh, when an institution is is able to offer this. So very uh, very excited for them with this announcement. Yeah, I, I know other seminaries offer uh, degree programs fully in Spanish. I know you guys do at Southeastern. We have some that offer in Korean as well. That's a big right. thing out of Gateway. So uh, we we've seen that at other schools, and it's good to see these two up at Midwestern. I guess now they're not just for the church, but para la iglesia. Uh, right. So, so, yeah. So this is uh, it's a there? master's. I translated Yes, I it. did. Yeah. Yes, I did. This is a master's track and a doctor of ministry, Hispanic track. Yeah, full demon in Spanish. That's great to see. All right, our final news nugget before we get to the uh, interview. I, I know a very special interview you're really excited about. Uh, we have one more state convention that wrapped up, and we've got a report back from in Alaska. Oh, uh, I love Alaska. I'd like really? to go to that one. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Or it's like Canada, but American. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, it's Alaska. All right. Well, it's, tell us it's what Alaska. happened up there, Amy. Um, so they had their meeting in Ketchikan, um, which is the, this, this article. I saw that movie. It was out. a fantastic movie with uh, Tom Hanks oh, and Leonardo DiCaprio. I see what you did there. Um, anyway, Ketchikan is known as the salmon capital and the rain capital of the world. Um, no road to that town except, uh, or no road to that city except the on-island uh, highway there. And um, so most people just fly straight in. It's a one-road um, town, literally. Yes. Yes, it is. So they shortened everything to three sessions and did all their business and reports at the first session and then focused on missions in the second one. And um, as far as national and international missions and then uh, missions in Alaska in the third section, in the third session. So they had, but they had 118 people there. And that's really great for um, a place where travel is very difficult. Uh, and they took up their state missions offering. Um, they, 
approved a $1,452,458 budget, which is up 2% from last year. That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, really great. And then they send uh, 37% on uh, to national and international Southern Baptist causes, the cooperative program. Um, so uh, that's so they they focused on telling Alaska Baptists about the cooperative program, pointing them toward that, uh, connecting them with uh, with what's going on um, elsewhere. Um, elections they had uh, Brian Myers reelected as president, uh, Tracy Simmons first vice president, Cliff Day second vice president, and uh, Donna Flurry as. Uh, recording secretary. But this story that we're going to link to in the show notes that they sent, there's a, a really important picture in there. Yep. They have pictures of the officers. But as you go down, um, Jimmy Stewart that we talked about uh, several times, the evangelism and church development director who had um, uh, had had the gas explosion mm-hmm. back about a year, a year, a little over a year ago. And burned seventy seven percent seventy seven percent of his body. He uh, he played music. He played his bass guitar there, um, and it looks like it was his um, the Sunday morning before had been the first time he had played publicly since the accident. So I know that was a very special time uh, for all of them as he participated uh, in that. Yeah, and we're glad to see that. That is uh, an answer to a lot of prayer uh, that went on both in Alaska and across the Southern Baptist Convention. So I know a lot of people were praying for him whenever that happened, and. It is great to see him uh, back up there on stage playing his bass guitar and, and back involved in everything that's going on in SBC work in Alaska. So uh, that, that is a, just a phenomenal thing to see up there in uh, the great white north. Yes. All right. Well, Amy, I'm going to let you introduce this interview because I know it was probably one of the, the highlights of your week, which you spend here in uh, Nashville back in September. So take it away. So I got a chance to interview Taffy Hall who is the director of the Southern Baptist Historical Library and Archives. And um, it was just such a wonderful thing. So many uh, many of our listeners, I would hope, watch the Facebook Live uh, tour of the library. If, I, uh, I hope if, they didn't. Oh, yeah. If you haven't, please go to our Facebook page and watch, particularly about the last five minutes. There's yes. a real highlight. Yeah, you'll be at entertained the, by that. Trust me. At the beginning, there's a real highlight because I got to we got to look at the a letter written by Lottie Moon, but there's a great little part at the end that you don't want to miss. But anyway, um, but on that trip, we also captured an interview with Taffy Hall that I got a chance to do to really just hear more about what they do. Um, at the library and archives. And actually, even since then, uh, last week when I was there, uh, whenever I was on breaks from the conference that I was at, I was back up there at the archives uh, working on a research project and actually going through. They had pulled, um, I had let them know beforehand that I was coming, talked to them about my research project, and they pulled three carts full of stuff that I was looking through. So got to see her again, um, but very excited to play this interview. Today we have uh, Dr. Taffy Hall, who is the director and archivist of the Southern Baptist Historical Library and Archives. Now, we've talked about uh, the library and archives on the show a lot of times, uh, made reference to the work they do, but we're very excited to get to talk to Taffy today uh, just to hear a little bit more about what she does and some of the interesting things that we can uh, find here. So, Taffy, it's good to have you here with us. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Jonathan, for giving us a chance to talk about the Library and Archives today. Appreciate all that you all do and and, uh, glad to talk to you today. 
All right. So as I said, you're the director and archivist, but maybe explain that just a little bit more. What is your role uh, with the Historical Library and Archives? Sure. I oversee the daily operations of the Library and Archives. This can include working with our staff and assisting on-site researchers and people who contact us by telephone and email. We have visitors, uh, scholars who come from across the country and around the world to conduct research here. So that part is one thing. A second thing is working with our staff in acquiring and cataloging books, periodicals, pamphlets, photos, audiovisual and electronic media, archives, uh, materials that tell the story of Southern Baptists. And as archivist in particular, I oversee the acquisition and arrangement and description, conservation of the records and manuscripts in our holdings. So that's a little overview of the scope of work we have here. That's a lot. Well, that kind of leads to my next question. Why why is it important for us to preserve history in this way, to have all of these holdings? When people come here and study, I mean, tell us sort of the positive things about this. Why does it matter? Sure. The history preserved at the SBHLA documents the important contributions of Southern Baptists to the broader American social and religious history narrative. These varied contributions document are documented in our collection really at all levels of our denominational family. At the national level, for example, in documenting the ministries of our SBC entities, uh, at state-level ministries, the Tennessee Baptist Children's Home records in our collection is an example of that type of ministry. Uh, Baptist work at the association level, for example, we have around 125,000 local Baptist Association annual meeting proceedings. That's a lot. And at the local church level in our collection, especially in our church records on uh, on microfilm. So all of these materials preserved here at the SBHLA document Southern Baptist ministry through things like missions activities, educational institutions, race relations, work with blind and deaf Baptists. That's an interesting area in our archives. Hunger ministry is an example and just a wide range of evangelistic programs and church activities. All right, so we talk about a lot about thinking toward the future um, of Southern Baptists, but this is really reflecting on the past. Now, how does that uh, that work? How does that serve Southern Baptists today? Sure, we serve by assignment of the Southern Baptist Convention as the official repository of Southern Baptist records and manuscripts. We're governed by the Council of Seminary Presidents and serve as a world center for the study of Baptist history. We are one of the major denominational collections in the nation. We serve Southern Baptists by preserving and making available these materials we were talking about. They're available to anyone. We're located here on the fourth floor of the Southern Baptist Convention building in downtown Nashville, and we're open Monday through Friday uh, from eight to four. We also assist local Southern Baptist churches in setting up a church archive and preserving their history. 
local churches play an important role in the fabric of their local communities, and we want to help out uh, in that history preservation in any way that we can. Uh, so we off- we also offer at a small cost to churches a program for preserving their church records on uh, microfilm. We've got some more information about that on our website. Uh, microfilm can be a long term preservation option. So we provide that as an option and some digital options for churches as well with their church records. That's great. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes uh, so that if there are any listeners out there who might want to take advantage of that, they can they can get to that. We'll make that easy. Um, Okay, you mentioned uh, serving with the Council on Seminary Presidents. So we have libraries at all of our seminaries. They have their own archives, their own collections. So how does uh, the SBHLA interact with those libraries? Oh, that's a great question. We work closely with the six Southern Baptist Seminary libraries. Obviously, there's some archival collections that may be better suited for one particular seminary um, archive or another or for here at the SBHLA. But our main goal in working with our seminary libraries is to ensure what needs to be preserved finds a good home. Uh, I might also add, uh, we, we work with an advisory board comprised of a Baptist history professor from each of our seminaries as well. And this board provides tremendous support to us and assistance in particular in the area of providing guidance and assistance to us for new collection focus areas. All right. So that gets to my next question. This is a little personal for you. So you're an archivist, you're a historian. What are some of your favorite items in the collection here? Oh, this is a tough question. There are so many treasures here. It is hard for me to choose. Um, you know, I think about the missionary letters and publications. Those are very special. These resources offer rich accounts of our missionaries' experiences, both on the foreign field and the home field. Materials in our holdings documenting the work and ministry of African-American and ethnic Baptists are interesting. Also, collections like the Eddie Martin papers and those of other Southern Baptist evangelists that tell the stories of tent revivals, camp meetings, evangelistic crusades. Those are great collections. It is really a special privilege to help take care of it all. That's great. And uh, it sounds like something you're just very well suited for. Um, it's, it's just great to see the work that you're doing. Now, let me ask you a couple questions for listeners that might be thinking of things. Uh, first of all, do you take unsolicited donations and artifacts? How does that work? Sure. In general, we do not um, actively take artifact donations. Um, certain exceptions, we may accept some artifacts, but in generally, in, in general, we do not take um, we do not take artifacts. Uh, we do actively take papers of uh, prom- of um, of Baptist denominational workers and servants. And if anyone had a question about donating materials to the library and archives please give our office a call. You can talk to me, talk to our staff. We'll be glad to answer those questions and tell you some more information about what we look for. We we especially like those um, letters, especially letters, diaries, minutes that will document um, unique areas of Southern Baptist life. So we are happy to answer those questions and help you all out in any way we can. All right. So you mentioned uh, the hours that you're open, that you're mm-hmm. available for study. 
Is this something, if someone wanted to come visit the library, do they need to make an appointment? Do they have to be working on a certain research project? Um, how do they come and when they come, do all of your holdings stay here in the building? Does anybody get, you know, do you check things out? Give some of the logistics. If we have a listener that might be in Nashville and would like to stop by, how does that even work? Sure. That's a great question. Um, again, we're open Monday through Friday from eight to four in the SBC building. We, we generally suggest to researchers that if they can give us a call ahead of time and give us some idea of when they would like to come, it will be more helpful to them because it just gives us a chance to get some materials out and ready for them ahead of time. Uh, most everything in our collection needs to stay here in the archive. So it's things that need to be looked at on site here. Uh, we do make an exception for our circulating book collection. Those books can be checked out for a period of 30 days at a time. But pretty well everything else needs to stay on site here in the archives. Okay, so people come here often and maybe we'll take a few days and come and just actually do their work here. You have, um, as we've been even walking through the library today, there are tables, there's places for people to work, set their stuff up right. uh, to do their research. Right. Yeah. Most of the folks who come here are uh, writing books or dissertations or maybe an article about some part of Baptist history. Uh, however, anyone researching their local church history, any uh, local family history, say maybe you've got a a relative who was a Baptist pastor. We're glad to help out um, with those kind of searches as well. Um, but uh, we do have a lot of folks who will come here and spend several days in the archives with us here. Excellent. Well, we are excited to get to be here today. Uh, it's been wonderful getting to talk to you. Thank you so much for giving us your time. And we really appreciate your service to Southern Baptists. Appreciate you, Amy. Thank you, Amy and Jonathan. Thank you very much. All right, that was a great interview, Amy, with Taffy Hall. I appreciate you taking the time for that, and, and appreciate Taffy giving us her time. She was uh, very generous with her time that week we were there and uh, has really helped you out, I know. And, and I, I want to connect the interview with the next segment in the podcast here, This Week in SBC History, because as you mentioned, you were doing research last week, and you came across something that related to something we talked about a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. If anyone remembers when we did the This Week in SBC History about the state exec in New Mexico who got an airplane to travel around the state, uh, which was a really fun, uh, fun thing. So yeah, we had a little bit of fun with that. Yeah. So I'm looking through these papers from the Home Mission Board, and I found this whole section in a file of um, letters and correspondence about the airplane. It was all about the uh, the the executive director there getting his pilot's license, uh, seeing the need for it, and then um, the home mission board uh, was basically was very supportive of that. Obviously, that you know that that was something that was privately funded, but they helped him uh, make connections with people who were supporting um, the work who could help fund that. And so there was this whole section of letters all about uh, him getting the airplane. Yep. So, so that was really fun. All right. Well, it's time for This Week in SBC History. Blow our minds. So this is kind of a big one. Um, in Actually, it's in, big in SBC history, um, and it's big in Southeastern Seminary oh, history. Okay. So October 12th. 1992. So 25 years ago. 25th anniversary. Yeah. So 25 years ago um, was the presidential inauguration here in Wake Forest, North Carolina. 
for Paige Patterson. Wow. Yeah. That so, would have been quite the um, day. Yeah, kind of a big deal. And, and you know, obviously that's important for a lot of reasons. Um, Dr. Patterson certainly is a, a major figure in recent SBC history, but really in all of SBC history. I, I mean, he's true. Um, played just such a role in uh, in the last 50 years. And uh, so obviously it's a big deal for that. It's a big deal for us here at Southeastern. Um, but, you know, that was at a time when... The, it's at the end of the conservative resurgence in terms of presidential elections, um, sort of 1989 being the moment that that people realized where this was going. But you still had all of these institutions um, that needed to make some changes. And there were some slight changes that happened along the way. But Dr. Patterson coming here was really uh, the beginning of the massive shift just across the board. And so uh, that in itself is just kind of a historical moment to think to think through that. You know, for us, um, you know, the story always gets told and Dr. Aiken talks about how uh, the enrollment was down uh, tremendously here and, and we were uh, had some trouble with accreditors, double probation, all of these things. Dr. Patterson's tenure here also was a shift and sort of a turn from that. So um, definitely a really, a really, really big day. I've got the got a couple of links in here. One is the um, Baptist Press article about it. So um, Ed Young spoke at the inauguration. He was the president of the SBC at the time. And uh, Morris Chapman was there, president of the executive committee. And uh, it, it was just a, a really big day. And Dr. Patterson asked for prayer in three specific areas. One, that he would never bring shame to God or the seminary. Two, that Southern Baptists would pray for his family. And three, that the seminary community would always remember education is not an end in itself. It is a means for training people to reach the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So there's a whole story on on the inauguration ceremony itself. Um, I'm also throwing in a link. So uh, some time ago, Duke Divinity School reached out to us for what they called the Religion in North Carolina uh, Digitization Project. And they uh, were just their libraries digitizing all sorts of periodicals and things. Um, and that included our magazine, uh, which at the time was called The Outlook. And so uh, I've shared a link to the issue um, right at the spot where the page opens up and it's got all these, you know, pictures. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, yeah, so it's got the picture over um, on the right with uh, Lewis Drummond putting uh, the the medallion around his neck uh, with the quote. It's got um, other, you know. Yeah. Top left, it looks like he's uh, signing the abstract of principles. Yeah, and uh, it's got the part where he signs it with uh, Russ Bush, who was dean at the time, with the the quote that he said, um, it gives me great joy today to have the privilege of affixing my signature with it representing not only my mind, but my heart and every energy I have to uphold these sacred truths confessed in this document. And um then the chairman of the board, just a lot of people. So the link will take you straight to that page. Um, but then you can actually, it, it's it, its a number of issues all together from around that time. So you can flip back and forth, see other things that were going on um, if you're interested in that. Uh, but anyway, very, uh, very amazing. A lot has happened in our six seminaries um, in the last 25 years. And in some ways, it all started this week in SBC history. Wow, this this outlook 
digitization thing is absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it really I, is. I mean, there, there's a thing on the uh, the revival that year with Jerry Vines. Yeah. Uh, there's an article, I see an article here from Norm Miller, who I think is in Louisiana now. At yeah, Louisiana I think College. So. I think he yep. was, he's at Louisiana College. He came from Truett McConnell, I believe. Um, yeah. I just all kind of stuff in here. This is fascinating. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. You can get kind of lost in in those. Um, I have there's a story if you go back that's a really cool story around here. You have to go back a couple of issues, but it's about the rock wall around our campus. Yes. And that's yeah, a fascinating how, story. Yeah, and how it was first built um, by a man that was um, uh, on staff at Wake Forest University, and then one of uh, Southeastern's students at that time started to notice that it was uh, that it was falling apart, and he restored it himself. I've seen a video about that whole process. So there's some pretty cool stuff in here. Wow, very cool. Thanks for sharing this, Amy. This is uh, yeah. fascinating stuff. If you're a Baptist history junkie, uh, flipping through these pages, there are names that just pop out and you just kind of, you just go, wow. Yeah. So, oh, and, and uh, on the cover there, I just got to the cover of the uh, the magazines, Dr. Patterson and his wife, Dorothy. Uh, yes. So a uh, neat little picture there. It looks like them praying at the inauguration. Yeah. So very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks for that, Amy. That's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Your resource of the week is? My resource of the week is a uh, children's book by Scott James. Good uh, friend of the pod, by the way. Yes, just in time for Christmas. We just got this. We yes. just received it in the mail. The Littlest Watchman Watching and Waiting for the Very First Christmas. And I'm really excited about this. Even though our kids are a little bit older, we still read children's books at Christmas time. Uh, so I'm going to throw this in the mix. It's a, about a little boy who is a watchman. Um, it's his job to watch for the sign that God's promises are coming true. And um, so it, it's really, really neat. And so I would highly recommend it for those of you who have kids or even those of you who don't, um, because it's encouraging uh, to uh, to all of us. Yep. And uh, we got it in the mail as well uh, this past week. So we, we have it here at the house. Beth read it to the kids the other night and I was uh, sitting there listening and just great story and yep. just really, really enjoyed it. So looking forward to reading it more and more as we uh, approach the Advent season. So i uh, looking forward to that. And uh, my resource of the week is the brand new volume two of the Lost Sermons of Charles Spurgeon. They found more, Amy. They found more. Is it, I, if I do my found joke, it's not going to work. Well, for, I mean, for those they're, they're now the found versions, the found yeah. sermons of Charles the Spurgeon. The found sermons of Charles they're, they're not the lost sermons anymore since we've got them, so they're found. And, uh, you know, so volume two, uh, if you have volume one, you need to pick up volume two now. Uh, same kind of stuff, uh, you know, annotated notes, cross-referenced across uh, all the sermons. Uh, Christian George, phenomenal job with this. Once again, B&H putting out a, just a magnificent uh, piece of, uh, uh, of literature here and, and just something that uh, if you're a fan of Charles Spurgeon or just of sermons in general, it's something that you'll definitely appreciate. All right, so Amy, you're headed to the Dominican Republic and you got trustee meeting next week. So be, I'm sure, just a, a relaxing week all together for you <laughs> yes. until, we, until we talk again next week. So yes. uh, have fun with that. Be careful in the, in the Dominican Republic. You and Keith have a good time down there, and uh, I hope to hear good things about all the partnership that's going on down there. Once again, thanks to our sponsor, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and the Billy Graham School up there. Find out more about them at spts.edu slash bgs, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>